Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to your source for solace. I am Sawyer Talegdi. And I'm Amanda Shimoon. I am the owner of the Shred Shop Wellness Complex here in Windsor. And Amanda is my trusty sidekick. <laughs> Together, we are going to help ladies everywhere find their confidence, courage, understand all the different types of attractiveness and how to harness your own. Uh, we will teach you and help bring out your most assertive self. We'll help you understand your own value uh, and truly, truly start to feel some serious self-worth and absolutely help you find solace, which is just a fancy word for inner peace. So if you're down to ride that train, buckle up and let's go. Hello, my lovely ladies and gents. Uh, gentlemen, probably put your earmuffs on for today's episode. Um, we're going to talk about the bleeding. We're going to talk about the periods. We're going to talk about the menstruals. We've got, uh, Amanda in the background here that will likely add some commentary to the disgusting topic that is your period. That's right. Um, the bears, they can smell the menstruation. So we're just going to keep everyone safe. And, uh, we're going to talk about some really important key factors that I think, um, are very, very, very important. You know I'm very keen on women's health. And uh, if I talk about poop with no problem, I'm going to talk about the blood with no problem. So if this bothers you, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, shut it off now because it's only going to get worse as we get into this. A few things. And again, I'm I'm always coming from a place of I can only talk about what I know. I will never speak about things that I don't know. Um, my vagina tried to kill me once. And I've been very open about it. Uh, and that really sparked the need for me to be vocal about women's health. Because if you aren't paying attention to what is coming out of you, and that doesn't just mean your poop hole, that means your other hole. If you're not paying attention to all the holes in your body, uh, things can get really ugly really quick. So let's break down, first of all, I mean, the most annoying thing about a period probably for most of us is the the cravings and the feeling like you have no control for uh, five days or seven days or 10 days um, based on where that comes and goes for you. That's probably the biggest complaint I hear is the I can't stop eating the carbs and the sweets and the sugars and all of these important um, things that you're eating is actually you're craving those things for a reason. You're not just craving those things because your hormones are telling you to. It's a little bit of column B, meaning your hormones. Yes, you've got an emotional attachment. You've got a, uh, you, you know, your your body is lacking energy, so it knows that sugar and chocolate and caffeine are quick ways to introduce energy into your system. But why is it craving energy, right? That's not all mental. So a lot of times the cravings that we're getting from our period is actually the calories, the additional calories that are being burned during this time of ovulation or 
actually shedding the lining of a period. And everyone listening should have had enough periods in their life to know what an actual period is, right? Like we should understand that your body wants to reproduce. Every time you have sex, the sperm goes up in there and it tries to fertilize an egg, right? Every month that it is not successful, your uterus still spends all month making a home anticipating that the egg will be fertilized at some point and then a baby will have a nice cushy home to live in. So all month long it's building fluid, up. It's, it's storing blood cells, it's creating membranes and mucus and all these nasty ass words that you wish I'd stop saying, moist. I just wanted to... Just wanted to throw that one in there <laughs> right after mucus and membrane. Um, so as it's building all of these important pieces of your insides to make a cozy home, at the end of the month, when the egg does not get fertilized, all that shit has to come out, right? So that we can start again, so that we can try again, Mother Nature. So that period is all the work that your body did now coming out of you because mission failed. All right. Now, when it comes out of you, there's things to look for. There's things that are going on, but it takes energy for your body to build all of that up. So when the average, and and then, sorry, it takes even more energy to break all that down and to flush it out. So the average fertile female during their time of the month, during Aunt Flo coming to town, they are burning anywhere north of 900 to 1,200 additional calories every day that their uterus is shedding. So you have to remember that like, if you're not adjusting your calories, if you're not eating more, and that's healthy food, not chocolate and pizza, If you're not adjusting your calories during that time of the month, yeah, you're going to feel like you're dragging ass because your body is physically burning more calories to build a cozy home for a baby that may or may not turn up to be there. No matter what, that's what's going on. So no matter what, during some time of the month, you are going to feel, you know, more hungry. In addition, more tired if you don't satiate those cravings in a healthy way. Um, but just know that you're not crazy. It's not just all hormones. Yes, there's a hormone portion of it, but there's also a, a physical portion of it. So understand the why behind it. Right now, some of you, we're different, right? Some of us, we feel more discomfort. Maybe, pardon me, maybe you've got more cramping. Maybe you're, you're hungry. Maybe you're irritated. Maybe you're dragging ass. Maybe that doesn't happen for you during the actual period, during the actual shedding cycle. For me, I'm an ovulating monster. So you have your cycle, right? And you've got two weeks from the time that your period ends until the time that it starts again. Two weeks into that cycle, you start to ovulate, right? So it offsets. You've got your period halfway through the month and then the other half of the month you're ovulating where that's when you're your most fertile for me that's my monster time 
So I am lethargic. That's when I've got all of my back pain. That's when I don't sleep worth a shit. Uh, That's when I could eat the fridge and not even notice. That's when I have all my cravings. When the blood, when the Red River is a flow in, I don't even notice. I have no issues there. My time of the month is ovulation time. So it was very important for me to identify that because I'm over here thinking like, oh, my period's here. So because my period's here, I should increase my calories and eat more frequently and balance my blood sugar and insulin and do all these things. But I was doing it during the time that it didn't really affect me. And then I was missing this time, this ovulation time, because the textbook said, well, I should be feeling these symptoms during the actual release versus feeling these symptoms whenever the hell your body is going to want to feel these symptoms, right? So getting in tune with If you notice that there's a time of the month where you either want to rip people's heads off or you're having uncontrollable cravings or your sleep is off or you're sweating more than usual or you're hormonal, whatever the case, if you feel like some time in the month outside of when you're actually changing tampons, you feel that, that's when you need to start paying attention to your actual period cycle, all right? So when is that happening? Is that happening, you know, a week before you get your period? Is it happening two weeks, 10 days? Start to identify when you feel those things because that is probably when you need to be making some changes to avoid having these huge monthly setbacks, right? Because that's the frustrating part. The frustrating part is feeling like you've busted your ass for three weeks, flawless, unstoppable, queen of the world, and then mother nature comes and just fucks you sideways, right? And then you lose a full week. And then it takes three to four days to rebound from that. So now it's more like 10 to 14 days of you. So literally 50% of the month, you're good. 50% of the month, it's off the rails. Like how do you progress with that, right? We, we have to get it under control because there's you're just not going to have a hysterectomy because as much as most of us probably want one by now, you're not going to take those measures to maintain consistency with your weight loss journey or to maintain consistency with your overall image of yourself. That, that's not the route we're going to take. We're going to let our body do what it needs to do. And instead, we are going to mentally be a little more cognizant and we're going to work a little bit harder uh, and pay more attention on what we can do to fix this and to combat this. So first things first, identify, are you someone who is affected during the ovulation or are you someone who is affected during the actual release, the shedding of the lining? Okay. So now that we've got our time frame, what can we do? What can we do? Right? Uh, number one, I mean, if cravings are a big thing for you, uh, it is imperative. And this is the irony of it. When you're on your period and you're craving all this wild shit, if you actually ate healthier during that time, you would crave less because the sugar that you put in your system at the time only makes you crave more sugar, right? The, f- the fluffy carbohydrates that are filled with water and salt only make you crave more salt and water-filled carbohydrates. So it actually defeats its purpose. Now, a lot of times those cravings are happening, like I said, because your body is burning more calories throughout that time. So should we just increase the volume of food that we eat no matter what? Yes, as long as it's healthy choices. So my first recommendation is if for let's 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 use me as the um as the template, okay? After I complete my period almost 2 weeks to the day, 
I start feeling those cravings, okay? I get a little grouchy, get a little moody, and I know, oh boy, okay, ovulation's happening, this is it, this is it. So even on the days, and some of you don't eat as frequently as you should, and you're guilty of this, and you know it, maybe it's something that's been on your list of things to change for a long time. So why don't we just start to integrate it in slowly during the months that, or the time of the month that you ovulate. If you're someone that eats once or twice a day because you're quote unquote too busy or time gets away from you or you're the last priority in your life, whatever that looks like, during that week of ovulation for me, it is priority. Even if it's just one week out of the whole goddamn month, one week that I am now going to eat four balanced meals. Just increasing the volume of healthy choices throughout the day will decrease your desire to snack on crap because the body wants calories no matter what. And if you give it the healthy ones, it won't crave the bad ones. Okay. Now, if you're someone that already eats five to six healthy snacks throughout the day, but you still feel it. Yes, of course. I just explained to you that your body is burning more calories than usual. So you should be hungry. But what are you putting in your body instead? right? Fresh fruit, okay? Simple sugar is better than refined sugar. Your body is going to respond to it the same way. It's going to give you added energy, but it's not going to store the same way as fat and it's going to break down in your system three times faster because our body knows what to do with natural sugar. It knows what to do with fruit, right? It's the refined shit that it gets confused and it tries to store. So let's be mindful. We're going to increase how much we eat during those weeks, or days, I should say, based on when your cycle is and when you feel that. We're going to continue to make sure that our water is up because as the uterus starts to shed, you ever notice that you pee a ton? Of course, you're bloated before, so of course you're going to pee a ton. But what happens if we dehydrate ourselves? Then we're going to hold more water to replenish the organs and the skin and the nails and the hair and all the other parts of your body that are like, where did the water go? So we need to increase our water during that time as well. Um, Okay. We also need to ensure that our stress level is manageable. It's manageable. Okay. Our menstrual cycles are very responsive to stress. Not only the mental stress. So of course I know you're like, Sawyer, the goddamn world has been ending for two years. How am I supposed to not be stressed out? I'm right there with you. But let's just not be naive and and only pigeonhole it to mental stress, right? Because there's also physical stress, right? Under eating causes physical stress on your body, right? Not eating enough during a time of the month where your body is burning more than you're fueling it with. Yes, that can cause additional stress, which can make your hormone symptoms even worse. Um, Overeating, binging and eating like crazy, right? Any inconsistency in your body can trigger your hormones to either slow down or speed up and can alter the outcome of your period. Uh, You know, increased or overtraining. If you went from working out never to working out five days a week overnight and you stay consistent, yeah, chances are your period might be a little later. It might be lighter. It might be heavier. You would at least notice some inconsistency, some change in your cycle due to the change in your physical activity level. Where the same goes if, you know, this lockdown forced you to place your membership on hold or made you less desire, have less desire to come and train and be physically active. Maybe you went from coming every day to not coming at all, right? Um, You might notice some changes hormonally as well there. So your sleep, 
right? Your sleep, if it's constantly interrupted and you're not recovering, that is going to have an impact. So these are all things that at the very least, if you're someone who really struggles with hormone symptoms, if you're someone who blames your progress month over month on the fact that your hormones are out of control for one week out of that month, like these are your answers. I'm providing you with exactly what you need to do to make it work. So if if you take my advice, you will notice an increased change in how you feel around your period. And if you choose not to listen, well, then you can hate your period and you can loathe it and you can complain about it every single month because this this is the answer. So we need to be very, very aware during this time um, and understand that like your blood sugar levels, right? Your cortisol, that's your stress hormone. Um, these are all things that also cause mood swings. So by getting your nutrition and by getting your sleep and your stress and your exercise under control, that, that mental part or those mood swings or like the rage or the anger, that's going to kind of all uh, organize itself. It's going to kind of mellow itself out because the contributing factors that make that shit pop up are getting dealt with, right? Okay, so now we understand where we're at with all of this. We understand like what needs to be done. Hands up now if you are guilty of looking at your period, Amanda, do you look at your period? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. Some of you just fell out of your chair. Like, what? No, I don't look at shit. Okay? Some of you maybe just wrap it up in the, you wrap the tampon up in the paper towel and you put it in the garbage and you pretend it didn't even happen. Right? Um, maybe some of you just straight up hide it. Uh, I, I mean, I turn my toilet bowl into like a punch bowl. I turn it into a fruit punch bowl when I pull my tampon out and I just inspect Everything, everything that comes out of it everything I but again I do that with my poop too right so like I have no shame in my game I feel like so and Amanda you'll back me up on this I feel like so many women are grossed out by their own period right I hear it all the time and that always comes back to how you were raised right if you lived in an open house where your parents or your siblings were very open about their bodily functions like you have less embarrassment talking about it you're not hiding your tampon purchase at Shoppers Drug Mart right but we, we spend most of our period hiding the fact that we're on our period, right? Like we block the blood flow with a tampon. Then we line our underwear with a pad of some sort, right? Then we will wear dark clothes or dark underwear or dark pants, right? To eliminate any chance of a stain or we hide any, any trail that there might be some bleeding happening, right? So... As much as we try to hide our period from everybody else, we end up also hiding it from ourselves. So it's really important to get on board with the fact that if I'm over here telling you guys you need to be looking in the toilet bowl and inspecting your poops to understand how your insides are working, this is exactly the same, right? Like what comes out of you is such an easy way to figure out if things are working the way that they should be inside of you. So like how often do you look at the color? How often do you observe the flow or even the consistency, right? The color, consistency, and flow of your period is one of the greatest insights, aside from your poop, to your overall health, okay? So we've got tampons we can look at. We've got pads we can look at. Some of you use a diva cup or a menstrual cup. Personally, I've never had much success. The, The pulling out is a lot. There is a lot to commit to there, and I am a lazy person 
when it comes to cooking and I'm a lazy person when it comes to dealing with my period. I'm like a very quick tampon in or outer. So uh, kudos to all of you who are changing the environment one period cup at a time. Um, I am very, very envious. Maybe one day, one day maybe I will I will venture. But for right now, I feel like that's the easiest though because you probably just like pull this cup out and you just have like so much cool stuff to look at because it hasn't been like absorbed. But right, it hasn't been absorbed. You can laugh, Amanda, but it hasn't been absorbed in a tampon. It hasn't been absorbed in a pad. And even when your blood hits the toilet water, it dissipates, right? It changes color. So I feel like those of you who have a diva cup, you have no excuse not to scope that shit out. I know you're doing it. And if you're not, you should start. So there's four different types of color of period blood, okay? And and it's it's nice actually because I do. Sometimes my Instagram listens to me talk about this stuff and then it will show me um, some sort of advertisement and are you checking, you know, discharge colors and period blood colors. And um, I really like that it's becoming more and more normal for us women to talk about this stuff. So there's four period blood colors. There's bright red, there's dark brown, there's a light pink watery kind of color, and then there's purple, like blood clot purple. Okay, so your your number one, your bright red, this this is what a normal healthy period should look like, okay? The blood is bright because it's fresh. It's oxygenated and flowing at a normal speed, okay? There should be minimal clots and this would result in minimal cramping. So if you have bright red blood coming out of you, then that means everything is probably running like pretty well. Pretty, Your machine is running pretty smoothly, um, okay, so period blood type two, and again, overshare, but this is the same, and Amanda will attest to this because we've talked about her hormone or her hormones. We've talked about her hemorrhoids openly on these podcasts before. Okay. Hemorrhoid, okay, some like I know, but bleeding from your butt is not uh, something to be taken lightly, right? If you are wiping after a poop and there is blood, that could represent an ulcer. It could represent internal bleeding. Yes, she got off the couch to walk over here, yes? Just to be clear, I have never bled out of my bum hole. You never had a hemorrhoid that yes, was bloody? no, no. Well, you're missing out. Yeah. Ew! <laughs> you're missing, <laughs> you're missing Listen, listen, there's people on here that are like, yes, yeah, Sawyer, talk to me about my bloody hemorrhoid because yeah, they don't okay, have the balls to ask. Can, I got you guys. Just, just do it. Just okay, don't for the record, Amanda has never had a bloody butthole. Don't, Good. Yeah, don't make fun of me because I've never experienced that. There's no making fun, Amanda. We're just sharing. Caring is sh- Sharing is caring. I, on the other hand, have absolutely had a bloody butthole. So I'm not ashamed of it. What happens is sometimes um, the hemorrhoids get itchy and then you want to scratch the hemorrhoid and then sometimes it ruptures or it pops. Okay, so this concept of light red blood or bright red blood is very important because it it kind of checks out for any kind of bleeding that might be going on in your body. So the rule of thumb is if you do have a hemorrhoid or if you've ever suffered from like um, an anal fissure, right, or any other reasons why your butthole could bleed, I was told that if it's bright red, it's like it's surface blood, it's oxygenated, it's fresh. So it's something actively bleeding like a, a fissure or like, you know, a ruptured um 
hemorrhoid or something that is is non-crucial it's non-life-threatening so you don't stress out when you see light red blood however if dark red blood is coming out of your butt that could right because now that's internal that's blood that has not been oxidized yet it's not at the surface which means it could be coming from a deeper place inside you it could be coming from a tear somewhere up in you it could be a bleeding ulcer it could be um you know internal bleeding for whatever reason so this period blood can also be relative to other kinds of blood is all I'm trying to say, Amanda. Okay. I'm trying to be savvy. Let anyone know if you've had dark red blood coming out of your butthole for a significant amount of time, please get that shit checked out. Literally get that shit checked out. Okay. So now let's move on to brown blood. Okay. So this is the second type. It's a dark brown Often spotting, often you're spotting with this color, okay? Whether it be at the before of your period or after your period. So brown colored blood, this is going to indicate that the blood has been exposed to oxygen, okay? This can be due to spotting before the true period starts or old blood after the period ends, okay? The dark brown blood is very commonly seen when women experience spotting in the days before their period. This is often just because the abdominal lining... Um, and your endometrial lining have started to break away too early, right? So there's a time for all of this shit. And we won't get super deep into it because I'm not a gynecologist. I only know what I know. And I know that, uh, you know, certain times of the month, everything's supposed to come out. If it comes out a little sooner, you'll get different colors. So I also don't want you all rushing to your gynecologists and blaming me for everything that's coming out of you. I just want you to be aware, Okay, um, your progesterone is the hormone that's created in the second half of the menstrual cycle, right? So after ovulation, and this hormone is responsible for keeping the lining in place until the period is due. So sometimes if the progesterone levels, if they dip too early, little parts of the lining can break away. So that could cause your blood before the period to be brown and spotty. Okay, um, and now if you're seeing it at the end of your period, which is like me, that's the most common time is I know my period's coming to an end when the blood kind of becomes brown. Um, this is just after my normal right, bright red colored period that I notice some dark, uh, thicker blood maybe for a day or two after. And this just means that not all of the blood had been removed quickly enough, right? So not everything came out during the four days it was supposed to. And this is just a little bit of leftover which again is why it's coming out after the fact too, right? So we don't get worried about dark colored blood until it's showing up when it shouldn't, right? If it's coming out when you're not having a period, that's something we go to the doctor about. Now, blood type three is a light pinky kind of watery, almost like like a colored discharge, okay? So this can appear... Um, it, it, it actually likely is indicating depletion. So this um, may be in the form of like nutritional deficiencies or under eating. And especially, this is the interesting part, especially in your healthy fats. So if you get a pale, pale, pale color, maybe frequently, maybe more often than not, it is representing some sort of nutritional deficiency and more importantly, that you are lacking essential fats, okay? This can also, again, if we're talking about deficiency, that's the body's inability to respond properly, right? It's, it's inefficient. So this very much has to do with your stress levels as well, okay? So it, it 
can be caused by depletion from nutrition, but it can also be depletion from overwhelmed feelings, chronic stress, or physical burnout. So just keep that in your back pocket, right? If, if mentally things have changed upstairs for you and you start to see this pale color come out of you, it's a representation of what's going on in your life. Your stress levels are too high. Your body is depleted nutritionally, physically, emotionally, okay? It's telling you it's time to change. It's time to act on some things, okay? So um, this can also... Um, this can also be a product of someone who is struggling to conceive, right? Um, a lot of times we see that women who are struggling to conceive, this, this is reflected with this light pink. Again, it's depletion. Your body is trying to produce a baby. Your body is trying to build something for you and it's struggling. Uh, so it is very common for women who are constantly, you know, experiencing miscarriages or perhaps just can't get pregnant at all. Have a look at the color that's coming out of you. Does any of this ring true to you? I mean, you know, maybe not, but on the whole, there's got to be something that we're talking about today that might resonate with you and might encourage you to either step up your self-care um, or, you know, investigate some other options and, and start to consult a physician. The last period blood type is the dark purple, okay? So this is very thick, like a syrupy, clotted, dark purple or deep red. Um, this is accompanied usually by your painful cramps, Okay, so if everything is running smoothly, we shouldn't have crazy, crazy cramps. If you start to feel crampy, crampy, chances are there's a lot of clots going on inside of you. The dark purple periods, these are often very commonly heavy. They may last several days and have an unpleasant premenstrual phase. So if you have a very heavy period, you're probably also someone who suffers from sore breasts, mood swings, bloating, the really bad cramps, okay? This type of, of period is usually caused by an excess of estrogen. Okay, so there's a reason why that's happening. And maybe your doctor has already diagnosed, maybe you're working towards it, or maybe you just thought that that's how it was always supposed to be. But is it? Or should you be looking into your own personal health? Right? Estrogen is responsible for building a thick, healthy endometrial lining, which this is the lining I'm talking about in your uterus that is shed during the menstruation, right? So we want to have that thick that thick lining, but we also should have the body working efficiently enough to break all that down before it exits. So if it's not breaking down properly and if it's still coming out almost the same consistency as it is in the uterus, something is not working there. Something is not firing, right? So in a healthy cycle, the body produces significant amounts of estrogen in the first half, followed by a sharp decline in estrogen, after the ovulation takes place, right? So in the second half of the cycle, the progesterone rises and has a counterbalancing effect on the estrogen. If this doesn't happen, if there's a failed mission here, if something fails to fire properly and you end up with higher estrogen rather than lowered estrogen during this time, right? Then we're kind of we're in a position where we need to do something about it. We need to act because the progesterone and the estrogen levels are supposed to reverse halfway through your cycle. They're not supposed to stay super, super high. Um, so these are kinds of things that we would definitely want to notice. We would want to watch and monitor. And then eventually, if there was no change, we would want an answer as to, is this okay for me? You know, when you're, when you're secreting a ton of blood and if that blood is clotted, I mean, these are the people that run into being anemic, 
right? Your iron is super low. Well, of course, if you're losing a significant amount of blood every month, more than the average or more than your body can withstand to lose based on the thickness of it, right? These just start to cause everyday problems. Now we're fatigued. Now we have, you know, our insulin is messed up. Our sleep patterns are messed up. Now our bowels are jacked up because we're taking all these iron supplements and they're constipating us. It's just, it evolves into this crazy, crazy, crazy circle of you constantly trying to find answers when sometimes the answers is just looking at the period and identifying what is going on, which is why I'm here. Okay. Um, now the last, the last period type of course is the missing period. Do I have to explain this to anyone? I just went through, if you eat too much, if you don't eat enough, if you increase your exercise like crazy, if you don't increase your exercise and you actually drop and lose all of the exercise you were doing, if you've just come off birth control, um, if you have any kind of polycystic ovarian syndrome, which you would know, right? That would cause you to miss periods. If you've just come on the pill. Um, if you've got any, obviously if you're pregnant, that's just a no brainer. Um, but there's so many different kinds of reasons why you could skip your period. And I just need you all to know that if you're bleeding irregularly when you're not supposed to have one and you're not bleeding when you are supposed to have one, these are definite things that need to be addressed. Okay. Do not ever undervalue just because it's uncomfortable to talk about. Never undervalue your female organs and your feminine health. Make it a priority. Um, you know, even our healthcare system, they don't cover you for pap smears what, more than every two or three years. And I I go every single year and I pay the $64 or whatever it is even now. I, I haven't gone this past year, but um, I go as often as I can to ensure and I pay out of pocket to ensure everything's running smoothly because so much can change in the human body over a few years, especially if you're menopausal or perimenopausal, especially if, you know, for me, I've had some some ups and downs with my female parts or if you're trying to conceive or if you've you know, you have conceived recently. There's so many reasons why you need to pay attention to this shit. So 33 minutes later, I hope I didn't gross you out too much. I hope that you were able to take a few valuable things away. I hope that you will look at what's coming out of you and embrace the tampon instead of just hide it because everybody bleeds and it's normal and it's good. And let's talk more about it. All right. We'll see you all next week.